This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Lesson 28 of the Equine Clicker 101 podcast on Horse Radio Network. Mindful Leading. Equine Clicker 101 is a podcast that takes you to the class to learn and practice clicker training for your horse. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. They are Jeffers Pet and Equine and Cavalor Feeds. This episode, what we're going to do, this is Shauna Karish, by the way, <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to talk about leading. It's one of my pet peeves is horses that cut in front of you as you're leading. And so this is something that happens quite often with the horses. And so we're going to talk about how do we address that? How do we get them to be good leaders any place, anytime? So that's what we're going to do. Um, one of the things that people ask all the time is where do I get clickers and targets and side buckets and, and books and videos and tapes and things? Well, that's where you would go to, wait, do they even have tapes anymore? <laughs> <laughs> they uh, DVDs. So you can go to my website, which is www.on-target-training.com or even shawnacarish.com. And you can go to the products page and you'll find all sorts of things there. You can also find the podcast on there because there's a podcast tab. Um, but for all your other horsey needs, you should go to Jeffers Pet and Equine. They have things not only for your horse, for you, the rider, for the barn. They also have things for dogs and cats and all sorts of animals. So let's learn a little bit more about this family-run company, Jeffers Pet. Located in Dothan, Alabama, Jeffers was founded in 1975 by Dr. Keith Jeffers in order to provide local livestock owners with a reliable and more cost-efficient source for their supplies. Fast forward 40 plus years and today, Jeffers has become a trusted source for equine, pet, and livestock supplies all across the United States, but they've not lost sight of the personal service that got them started all those years ago. You can still visit the Jeffers store in Dothan, or you can shop online at jefferspet.com, where you will find an astounding array of products for your equine habit, from quality tack, English and Western, to the supplies and healthcare products that you have come to depend on, as well as new and innovative lines to help your horse be his or her best. Visit them today at jefferspet.com. Alrighty, people. So this, if you remember, this, this lesson is going to combine from lesson number one, which is the bridge signal where we teach them to keep their heads in themselves, which we also covered quite a bit in the nipping and biting um, podcast we did or lesson we did just last time. But we're also, we did talk about liberty leading, which is lesson number two. So we're going to kind of combine that, but we're just taking it to the next phase because oftentimes what I find is people get lost when it's actually a real world leading problem and all of these exercises aren't are any good unless we can take it to the real world. So I think this is a common problem with people and the positive reinforcement training. They tend to 
keep it in this little capsule, but it is for all the big open real world issues that we run into. And leading is definitely one. I see it a lot of times, even with our workshops here at Terra Nova, that people will have, they'll be doing the Liberty leading. They've sorted that out. It's quite nice. They get it after a bit, you know, it takes a little bit of getting it sorted out. And then then they're leading a horse somewhere and the same exercise that we talked about with Liberty leading, you know, where the horse will start to cut them off or do something and nobody knows what to do with it or they're quick to go to their old habits of yanking on the lead rope or, or trying to correct them or just kind of battling it out. And it's just, it can just turns into a big mess. So we have some skills that we have really solidified it at, in episodes or lessons one and two. And so we're just going to say, talk about how we take him to the real world issue. And and I'm going to tell you, it's not always the people that forget. So a lot of times the horses that have a longstanding history of going, this is what I do. I walk for, you know, a little bit, but I'm walking to the turnout and I'm excited. So I have too much energy. So I'm going to start walking too big and take my energy. And now I'm going to cut you off. And a lot of times it's not trying to cut you off. Their stride is bigger than our stride. So as they're trying to walk at their pace, they end up kind of on the lead rope brings them around us. Or sometimes they aren't kind of, it doesn't really matter why they're doing it, but it is a common thing that we see. So we're going to help them to make some better decisions. But what it means we need to do is slow down and teach them this time so that they are just taking their old habits and they forget and they throw all this new positive reinforcement that they love, this game that they love, and they throw it out the window. Well, that's not what we want to do. We want to teach them, no, the game is always afoot. Right now we're playing the game. And so that they can start learning, oh, it's all important, not just when they're, we've set out to go, we're doing one of our positive reinforcement lessons. We want them to learn it's always a potential. So what are we going to do? So it's kind of taking a lesson that we've worked at in a very kind of controlled environment, typically, even though they're at, at liberty when we work with them. It is still liberty in their arena or their paddock or, you know, it's very, it's not leading them out to the paddock. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how to get them to do this. And we are going to break it down to the small steps that were part of the original, the original first two lessons. So as we're starting to walk out with the horse, if they start to go too fast, they're walking ahead of me. I can tell they're not. I, when I'm walking and leading with a horse, I want to be able to see their eyes. So I don't want to behind me. I want them. And you, other people have horses lead at different areas where they want them to lead at the shoulder. They want them to lead all the way behind them. I like them to lead where I can see their eye. So what I do is, you know, that feeling when you're looking at a horse and you can tell their eye is hard on something else. And then there's a moment where the eye kind of takes you back in. It's still taking in the environment, but you can tell they've taken you into their head hasn't moved, but their eye has shifted to kind of be paying more attention to what you're doing as well. I click that a lot. So I want to feel like the horse thinks I want to pay attention to where that human is as well as taking in their environment. I want, I don't want them to disregard their environment. That just is unrealistic and and not necessary, but it is that moment when I can feel that eye 
kind of shifts a little bit and it takes me in where they're walking. So there's one where they're, their ears are pricked and they're looking and they're staring off at other things. And then a lot of times when they soften, they take me back in. I reinforce, I will click and reinforce that moment at first, but then I keep trying to capture those moments when they're walking where their eye is on me. So if they have their eye on me as well as the environment, but they're taking me in, I know they're focused on me. They're listening to me. They're watching me. They're looking for me to initiate something besides just walking. So with Liberty Leading, we really established this a lot. It Liberty Leading is all about the focus, and it really does establish that focus quite well. But that then they can learn it only in that context. Is it like that? But the point is, I want them to know if I stop or slow down or walk or turn, if I lean right or lean left or lean back or lean forward, they're used to looking at all those little things as a cue. Well, a lot of times when they've only been, when they've done leading with the halter and lead rope, they're dependent on the halter and lead rope to tell them that, oh, I, they're, I feel pressure on the lead rope. They're too far ahead of me. And so they kind of, can sometimes disregard what we're doing and it's all about the environment and the whole turn lead rope becomes a communication. Well, I want that to be able to be a form of communication, but first and foremost, I would rather them look to me and focus on me, period. So I would, no matter what, that they're like, well, what is she doing? Is she walking slow? Is she walking fast? And remember in Liberty Leading, we do a lot of changing of our gait where we walk really slow. And then we walk faster and then we stop and then we do a right turn. Then we do a left turn. And, and so those things can really help us a lot. Another thing I want to remind you about is we humans have a huge tendency to do left-hand turns. So, and that's because I've, I've, my hypothesis is that they are, it's easier to do a left-hand turn because they have a big stride. So they're on the outside and our little stride kind of keeps us in check. But when we do a right-hand turn, it takes a lot more effort and focus from them. So I'd like to do a lot of left-hand or right-hand turns and make them very, very, very reinforcing. This does two things. One, it tells me that they're focused, they're slow down, they're looking at me and what I'm doing. But it also tells me that they it, it's making a stronger reinforcement history with the not turning left to cut me off. So if they're always thinking about going to the right or turning their head away or going to the right, we have a tendency to straighten out that cutting me off issue. So I want to make that behavior a very, very strong and behavior that they love, as well as I really like the game of when we're leading and we're building up. And, and we're talking today not about teaching our basic baby leading, but you know what? It could be basic baby leading. We're going to have to have a series of kind of the young horse bring them along. But it's, we're teaching them to lead, period. So we're saying these horses mostly know how to lead, but they've kind of lost their way or they're bulging and barging and doing everything that they want to. But really, this wouldn't be so unsimilar to teaching a baby to lead. If I was going to teach a baby to lead, I teach them to liberty lead at first Absolutely. I teach them about a target. So I have the target to help me out. But then just liberty leading and walking when I walk and walking slower, walking faster, walking right or walking left. And one of the things that I find that I love to do with the babies is I make stopping because it's not the baby's forte. I make stopping and slowing being 
a really fun thing to do. So sometimes babies, I'll be walking, and then they slam on the brakes because they're trying to go, and where are we stopping? And they're trying to initiate the game, which I really like that they, they look at this as a fun game, but a mindful game. I want them to slow down and be mindful of where I am and what we're doing. So Anyway, so it's, but I, it doesn't matter, old horse, young horse, I want that kind of focus on me, regardless of the halter and lead rope is there. I want the halter and lead rope to be an additional form of communication, but not the one I'm going to rely on when leading. If I want my horse to stop or slow down, I want to stop or slow down and have them stick with me with that. So that means I'm going to make liberty leading being very strong. Okay, we have a horse, Primo, that I'll be working with today, and he is a gregarious, happy horse that can drag you to kingdom come because he just wants to do what he wants to do, you know, so trying to slow down and get him to stay engaged in the game is a bit of a challenge. He is good at liberty leading, but he gets out and he has the excitement of other horses and we're going places and he can lose his way a little bit. We here at Terra Nova, you know, the guys will take the horses back and forth and do things. And so sometimes it's not always we've taught them about positive reinforcement, but they're not as much, uh, they're not as strong at it as we would be. So once in a while you watch and you think, oh, somebody needs a little work, you know, and, and Primo's one of them right now. He just needs a little It'll help to remind him to slow down and go kind of a, a, to pay attention to where his human is and to find that as fun as he does to drag the human everywhere. So he's the one that we're going to we're going to work with. So what I want you to do, I'm going to go get Primo. I'm going to get my side bucket. I'm going to get a target just in case, even though I don't think I'll be using the target. I always have it. I'll just have it in my waistband and I'm going to get my uh, bucket full of food and I get him and his halter and lead rope. And off we go. So that's what I want you to do is get yourself to a, uh, a good place with your horse. Now, you don't need to take, you don't have to have this leading exercise being right to the challenging place. You don't have to go right to walking him to the turnout if that's going to be a big hullabaloo. I'm going to do it walking to the turnouts with him or to, we also have our um, arenas outside that we work in. So I'm going to walk in that direction with him. But sometimes you might want to start and just do this in your arena first. The liberty leading is one thing. And then you put on the halter and lead rope, period, and they can forget. So it may be that you want to start this exercise just in your familiar arena or in their paddock or wherever they might be. Anyway, so I want you to go get your stuff together, go get your horse, get ready, and when you are ready to begin, we'll turn it back on and we'll we'll put this into practice. Okay, talk to you in a minute. Okie dokie, me and Primo are here together, and um, he even where we're just at his stall. He's a type that also likes to go out the stall before, you know, he doesn't think to wait through doorways and stuff like that. So before I even go out the, the door of his stall, I'm going to do, I'm going to remind him of a lesson we're going to practice throughout this whole pace. And that is stop, turn your head away. So I am doing that right now. And I'm going to click and reinforce him over where I want his head to be. And I'm going to click again and feed him over where I want his head to be. Okay, so now I feel like he's kind of thinking, oh, I'm playing the game. So I'm going to open the door. There we go. 
And I'm going to click and reinforce for keeping his head away again. Now, he immediately, when I opened the door, he didn't move his feet, but his body kind of started to go and then he caught himself. So that's a good thing. I like that he went, oh, oh, that's right. We're not just running off. So I reinforced him for that. And now I'm going to take a step towards the door. Good. And ho, yep, good. Excellent. So I'm reinforcing him for that. So he took a step towards the door, but I broke it up and said, wait for me. And he did. And that was good. Now this, if I wasn't paying attention, I guarantee you he would have walked right on out that door. But I kind of know enough to think I need to break this down, these little steps to remind you what to do, but asking him questions at every step as we go. So if I didn't ask the question, I wouldn't necessarily know. But if I didn't think about it, I probably wouldn't have set him up for success the same. So I wanted to kind of get him where he's like, oh, okay, that's right. I'm doing this mindfulness here. Okay. So now we're going to go out the stall and we have to turn left because that's the direction we're going to go. So we're turned left. And then ho. Good. Now, I using a verbal cue as well there because I'm trying to give him every option to have him help him out a little bit. But I want him to start following my feet. But we just made that first turn towards it. I wanted to help him. He knows the verbal as well as what I'm physically doing. But I get I put both together to kind of give him every clue that we could. Okay, so now we're going to do, we're stopped here, and I fed him a couple handfuls. And now what I'm going to do is I am going to start, because this is where it starts. Now we are in, we're going down a barn aisle with horses all over the place who he likes to drag you to. He likes to stop and look in the window of the office. He likes to do, what is that? Is that a bucket? Is that a sponge? Is that, he's just all over the map like a little kid. So this is going to be a challenge walking around here, but that's okay. So what I'm going to ask him to do now, I'm going to take one step and ask him to stop and turn his head away again. So this is going back to lesson one, the slow it down and keeping your head to yourself. You know, at his point, it isn't really turn your head away as it is to slightly keeping your head to yourself. It's slightly away. In the beginning with him, it was turn your head away. But now we're at a point where I'm like, just kind of wait yourself, shift your head slightly away. And I'm going to tell you, this does another thing. This is something I talk about in lesson two. What this does when he turns his head away, it also has a tendency to put weight on that outside foot. Now, this is what I want because his biggest thing, he cuts you off, cuts you off, cuts you off, cuts you off, and you end up, you walk in circles to get anywhere. So when I ask him to stop and turn his head away, I'm not getting any momentum yet. As soon as we get momentum, I'm going to lose him a little bit. I'm still reinforcing him here for just standing while I chat for a minute. But so as I ask him to take a step forward and he turns his head and kind of brings his shoulders to the outside he has a tendency to weight that outside foot now it's not so easy to cut me off if he thinks of weighting that outside foot so i actually look for that so when i see him put his head away a little bit and then if i see his weight and shoulders shift over slightly i'm going to reinforce that because that is a, a great behavior for him to be doing it is definitely a differential reinforcement of an incompatible behavior he can't cut me off and, and and slow down and stop with his head over there waiting that outside foot. So that was great. Okay, so we're going to take one more step. And I'm going to wait for him to stop. Yep, good boy. 
So he did that again. So I'm what I'm doing, if I went with momentum, like I said, he would be cutting me off and his momentum would be taking him away. So I'm breaking it down by one step, one step, one step. And that's great. Now we're going to go to two steps. So we're going to go step, step. Okay, good. Well, now he is sniffing at the wash rack. So that wasn't the best. So I'm just going to utilize what we've talked about before that least reinforcing stimulus. So I just pause for a second when he does the incorrect thing, not in the middle of him doing it because he's not paying any attention to me. But as soon as he's like, oh, I'm with you, I kind of pause and then we carry on. So we're going to do two steps again. Excellent. And perfect. So I did two steps and I asked him to stop or slow down. My pause there for when he did the incorrect thing <clears throat> was just a long enough for him to see I'm not getting reinforced for that, am I? But I give him another chance to get right back to it. And we're going to do again with two steps. Good. Good. Now he stopped and he's reinforced and doing well. What I'm going to do, I've been taking kind of slow, deliberate steps because he does know from the Liberty Leading exercise, he does know to match my pace. I'm going to take two big normal steps and we'll see where we are with that. Okay, ready? Okay, okay, he went, so he did cut me off a bit there. So what I'm going to do, so it's just a little too much excitement and he wasn't, he's kind of thinking I'd rather keep going than slow down. So he didn't, so he ends up ahead of me. So what I'm going to do, is right from where we are because now picture that we're kind of facing towards a stall a little bit because he's cut me off so we're in a different angle he's a different angle i'm just still kind of facing his neck <laughs> so what i'm gonna do i reach my foot out at a 90 degree angle and going towards the right in front of him a bit if it's too far forward it's too much momentum if it's too directly horizontal he can't he can't create that momentum enough i mean he can't really make that there's no space for him to move so i'm going to do like a 90 degree angle just i'm going to reach my foot first and say here i come and excellent so i kind of remind him about that right hand turn to get him back on track there so now what i'm going to do is i'm going to go and i reinforce him for that because that's good i just want him listening and paying attention so he got back on track there so i'm going to do a couple slow steps again okay we're going to do two steps here we go Two steps. Good. That was better. And I'll reinforce him for that. And then we're going to do, I'm going to try three steps, but three slower steps. Now, the whole point of this is I'm trying to get him to anticipate and look forward to and hope that what he gets to do is stop and turn his head away. So their favorite behavior that's what we want it to be. This should be the behavior they like the very most. So he's like, I hope I get to do this. When I get that, I start to break up that momentum a bit more. So he can do that with Liberty Leading, and he has done it with Leading before. He's just kind of in a little bit of a funny place right now where he needs a reminder lesson. So I'm going to go for three steps this time, but slow steps. So here we go. And one, and two, and three good 
and as I stopped, and you notice I'm not saying ho anymore. He is just stopping as I stop. So he's paying more attention to my body language there. So it reminds me, though, when I step up the momentum a little bit, I should probably use the verbal ho as well as my body doing it. But that was three steps. It still can build a little bit of momentum. That was great. I'm reinforcing him for that. Now we're going to go back to the two steps we're going to the two-step. We're going to go back to the two-step, but I'm going to uh, use the hoe as well. But I did, when he didn't get it right with that one time, I gave him his three-second pause. We got back to it, and it's not really a three-second pause. It's a pregnant pause. And so I gave him his pause and said, I'm not going to reinforce you for that, and then went back and reminded him of those steps a little bit, the slower steps. So let's see if we can do regular steps. Ready? Let's go. And oh. Very good. And that was really, really good. So I feel like he kind of turned a corner there where he's listening. I'm going to go. um, So we're going to try now reinforcing him a lot for that. Now he still has a pretty good mouthful of food. I'm going to take him for three steps moving at regular pace while he's still eating a little bit. That'll kind of slow him down just a little bit. Because a lot of times if they think they have to get food, if they're trying to think what's the answer, what's the answer, they get a little too much in the seeking mode and they're a little too eager and a little too excited. But if he's satiated a little bit, it can slow things down a bit. So let me give another handful because I just talked through that mouthful. (laughs) All right. So here we go. And one. And ho. Good boy, Primo. That is great. So that was really good. We are um, at a place where I can make a right hand turn through the cross ties. So I'm going to, as I reinforce him for that, I'm going to make a right hand turn. We're going to go in through the cross ties and walk past the other horses. And that was N-O. Good boy. That was excellent. And it's a little challenging. You add in the, add the horses who are in the cross ties and you can... He's running a gauntlet a little bit, and that can be exciting and fun for him. But he, he settled on the other side of it. We're going to make another right-hand turn and go down the other barn aisle on the other side. So, when he's ready. Okay, Primo, let's go. And so I reach my foot out. We make a nice big right-hand turn. Good. I clicked and reinforced him for that. I clicked why we're still moving in that one. While you'll notice a lot of my clicks are coming, or as I'll tell you, a lot of my clicks are coming for the stopping and slowing down because what he has is too much momentum. So what I want to, what I want to do is bring that momentum down. So I keep drawing attention to the downward transitions, the softening, the slowing, the focusing. But in that one, he did a nice right hand turn. He was actively with me and I could feel he's paying attention. I could see his eye. And so I reinforced that nice modulated right hand turn because it was still in that same vein but I'm going to go back to reinforcing the downward transitions because going too much momentum going forward is really reinforcing on its own for him okay so now we're going to see if we can walk on for four strides and that he will stop with me and we'll see what we do I'm not sure if I'll use the hoe or not it'll depend if I feel like he's the saying ho, the verbal, depends on if he's with me. So we're going to start, and here we go. And easy. Good. So what I did there, so I went my big pace. So 
I went my big, you know, normal walking stride. So I'm walking and we're keeping up, we're moving. And then what I did before I asked him to hoe, I slowed down my stride and he was with me with that. I said, easy a little bit for your sake. But so as my big footfalls turned to smaller footfalls, he adjusted with me. So I knew I was in good shape and I knew he would get that. So I'm reinforcing him really well for that one because we took it up. But I said, but are you paying enough attention that we can bring it back down? And frankly, the moving is very reinforcing for him. So him getting to move is a good thing, but he adjusted and was with me. So that was excellent. But the me slowing my steps before asking for the hoe also gave him a little heads up that we're about to, that we're transitioning and something's happening. So that was excellent. So we're going to go one more set. And if that works good, I'm going to cut through the wash stall and get him back to his stall. Okay. So now we're going to actually have a different plan. I'm going to go ahead and we're going to do five steps. So ready and... Good boy. Excellent. And so I just walked on. I slowed a little, but he stopped with me. So what I've got, I've got him back in a mental place where he's working with me. So I reinforced that quite a bit. That was great. So now what I'm going to do, I'm going to march him home and we're just going to, I'm not even going to ask him to move. Well, he doesn't have that far to go home, but we're going to walk straight across with through the wash stall area and it'll take him pretty much to his really close to his area. When I get to the other end of the wash stall, I am going to ask him to stop, but it means I'm going to be moving for a little bit with a bit of intent. And so if he stops with that, that'll be great. If not, I will go back into the hoe and slow and easy. So we'll, we'll see what we get here. Okay. So we're walking on. Good boy. Easy. Slow down. That's it. Good. And ho. Okay. That was really good. So knowing that the, the moving is reinforcing, I wanted to let him be able to move and go on. But I did feel like he was, it was taking a little bit of a life of its own. So I helped him to slow back down and he did. But I feel like if I just would have said, if I just would have stopped without trying to help him, he probably would have cut me off. He would have been caught off guard a little bit more. So I wanted to set him up for success. That was great. We are right by a stall now and I'm going to go ahead and put him back and give him a nice big jackpot. I think that was great for him. He did a really good job and and I like to give them the big jackpot or magnitude reinforcement in their stall when they get there. So they always look at the going home and the end of session has a really good quality to it. So that's what we're going to do. And that was fantastic, Primo. I was really proud of him because he can really, um, you know, he, he can he can just, besides that one little blip where he was started sniffing around, but he really was pretty good. So that was excellent. So you guys go ahead and wrap things up when you're ready. Get yourself to a good place and get your horse away, finish things up and meet me back and we'll talk about some homework and where do we go from here.
All righty. So that was actually really fun. I was super proud of him. And that was, I hope that your sessions went as well as mine did. But I, I saw a lot of progress in that. And I think it's great. Of course, we have homework. And where do we go from here? And what do we do from here? It's really an important part of it. Because just one little session doesn't mean it's solid. It means we've started on something. So, of course, even though he, we know this liberty leading, these reminders are really important. So, we're going to get to that in a minute. But one of the things people ask all the time is, what should I feed my horse? What should I be giving them as we're doing these sessions? And one of the things I find is Cavalier feed is a great feed to be giving the horses. So, let's learn a little bit more about Cavalier and their amazing products. As we progress through the clicker training exercises, we talk about feeding the horse each time you use the clicker. Sometimes, most of the time, I use feed, but sometimes I use treats. And I love the Cavalier feed and the Cavalier treats because they use the highest quality ingredients. I can feed a lot of it, and I know it's healthy and a safe alternative to the highly processed feeds. So I think it's important that we can feel really comfortable about feeding a lot of the feed without thinking we're loading them down with sugar. And that's what you get with Cavalor. With the Cavalor feeds, you can also actually see the ingredients. So it looks like a cereal you and I would eat. And in fact, I've tasted it and it's pretty good. <laughs> and the best part is Cavalor's team is easy to work with. You can reach out to them through their website or Facebook page and a real life person will call you back to personally talk through your horse's nutritional needs. Learn more about the products at www.cavalor.us or reach out to them through their Facebook page, Cavalor North America. You'll be glad you did. Okay, it is homework time. So in a way, this kind of is homework. You know, this is, this is Liberty Leading's homework. So it is where we want to go. But we, again, a lot of times we learn the lesson and we let the lesson go. So it's reminding our horses that these things are still important. So where did I work with? Um, I worked with a primo in a little bit more challenging place than you may have worked with your horse. If you worked with the arena, there's it's challenging with primo anywhere outside of the arena because the arena he's like i know it's this little lesson there's nothing to see there's no horses i'm not going to the paddock i'm not going to the turnout but that's okay i have worked it with him in there before in the past so reminding him that this is what we do as we stop and we slow down and if i you know and i can use the halter and lead rope more than i have i wasn't in that situation really using it at all it is just on me but you can also use it to help your horse stop or slow down if if they have well that let me get to that in a minute so with him i worked on the uh just i took him out to a place that's going to be a little bit hard it's not going to be as much as going out towards the paddock and the turnout, that's going to be bigger and that's going to have a bigger draw and that's going to create more momentum because he knows he's walking for a while to get out there, to go play and and do things. So that wasn't as hard as being in the barn. The barn has its challenges for Primo because there's a lot of stuff to get into and horses to visit and windows to rub your nose on and things along that line, but it wasn't as much as the other. So what I would encourage you to do is take it to a little bit more challenging place or a little bit longer and building up our momentum. I only went to a few steps at a time and that's probably where you were. So as you get it 
where it's going good, you start building up and doing till you can walk for 10, 12 steps at a brick's pace till you can, you can trot and then come to a stop. You can trot and, you know, so building it up where the energy can come up, but we're bringing the energy to come back down and keeping their focus through that process. So utilizing that. And so start, you can start that in the arena where maybe it is not the toughest and most challenging place to do it. And then eventually start taking it to other areas and in the barn aisles or in the field or in the, you know, leading to different areas that may create a little bit more excitement. So it is repetition as always it's repetition and building it up. But remember with contact shift, we can lose behavior. So I expect that. I don't expect it to be perfect when I decide to go walk him outside for the towards the paddock. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to take those early steps and remind him and go, you know what? I'm going to assume that you're going to have too much momentum. So I'm going to start with these baby steps that maybe we aren't doing anymore in the arena. But now that we're taking it to a new place, I'm going to take it back to the baby steps to help set you up for success and remind you how we're going and then build through there where you can build up to more momentum and more speeds and more duration and still be able to come back down. So that will be your basic homework. Now I'm going to also tell you of a little lesson that I had a horse bugs and bugs was a horse who, as I say, he flunked out of cowboy school. So he, they did, they decided to pull him as a four year old who had had nothing done and decided to make him a roping horse. Well, he was like 16.3 and very reedy thoroughbred. So I don't know whose idea that was, but it wasn't a good one. <laughs> and so they, you know, they had him do all the round pen stuff and the, the natural horsemanshipy stuff. And it didn't, he didn't get it. He didn't, it made him worried. And he just, he got where he would just rear because he, he didn't understand and he was afraid and, and what had worked on so many horses with these people, it didn't work for, for bugs. He was too sensitive and it just didn't really work very well. So he kind of made his way to me after some things and he had a place where he could decompress a bit and it was, he had a great situation. Well, now it's my turn to get in there. And, and one of the things that I knew is, is if anybody yanked too hard on his lead rope, he would rear. And so I thought, well, this isn't a practical or good thing for him because what happens, I can say, oh, you'll be with me your entire life and this will never happen. I'll just protect you from it. But that's not realistic and it's not, it's a disservice to him. So what I did is I realized I need to, I need to prepare him. What if he gets evacuated by somebody else? What if he, he's in a vet clinic, which he ended up having to go do? And somebody yanks on you and you're not listening because you don't feel very well. And then you rear and now he's labeled the, the problematic horse and he's dealt with that way from here on out. So what I did for Bugsy, I would use a little bit of lead rope, the tidiest little tug with a target. So as soon as I gave him a little tug, I'd present the target, which he knew. So then he would go forward to the target. I would click the going forward because that's what I am trying to get. I'm not trying to get touching the target. I'm trying to get moving forward toward the target. So I would do that until I stepped it up and stepped it up and I'd present the target and further along until I stepped it up to the point where I could actually tug pretty good on his lead rope. And instead of him being defensive and worried and having that frighten him, he just thought, oh, just move forward. That's what that means. It's just a little bit louder and a little bit more um, 
Well, louder, I guess, really covers it. But anyway, so those are things to think about that if you're having to deal with responding to the halter and lead rope, you can add that in with these other tools, whether it be a target or it be with our feet moving. So you can kind of, if you're having trouble with him responding to the cues of the lead rope, you can give the little tug. And then your feet start moving or you say walk on and your feet start moving. So it pre- it happens before the actual behavior and cues that he knows and responds well to. And then you can start clicking them, bridging them for responding to the cue of the halter and lead rope stopping or going. So you can create more sensitivity or more responsiveness to those cues because we have to tug or we have to use you know, stud chains or something like that, it just means that they're not responding to the cues. So going back and getting a better response to the cue is really a really good solution. And using positive reinforcement through that process is an excellent way to go. Anyway, so I hope that helped you out, you guys, and gave you something to think about and some ideas. But those lessons, lesson one or two, they are solid. They should be solid lessons. A lot of times when people come to me and they have a problem with something, it's usually one of two things, a lack of motivation or a lack of impulse control. And those two lessons, one and two, really are dealing with motivation or impulse control. So it is... the. So a lot of times we go back to this little simple thing. So those fundamental things are really, really important and they're important in all these new and weird situations. So slow down and say, okay, you know this, we've got this. Let's go back down to the downward transitions. Anyway, so I hope that helps you out and helps you to think through it a little bit and gives you a little bit more confidence as you're leading your horse out and about. You can listen to this episode to this podcast to many podcasts on your favorite podcast players you can also listen on the horse radio network app you can find that for your uh, iphones or for android phones it is easy to use you just go to the app store and you look up horse radio network i mean what could be easier than that it's free of course and and it's easy to use so be sure to visit all the great shows on the horse radio network at www horseradionetwork.com and there's if you have not done this yet you will be amazed how many shows there are and so they're really fun they're really informative there's lots of great uh, podcasts out there for you to listen to if you want to learn more about me or what I'm doing or what I'm up to you can learn more about me at uh, either shawnacarish.com or on-target-training.com and you can find products, you can find podcasts, you can find um, Ask Shauna place to ask Shauna questions, all kinds of things there on my website. And to learn more about what I'm up to and what I'm doing, I'm out here at Terra Nova Training Center and we are a positive reinforcement training center. We hold workshops out here in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, You can go to TerraNovaTrainingCenter.com. Sign up for the newsletter and it'll keep you abreast of what we're doing here if you want to learn more and uh, and maybe come out here and, and practice what we talk about. Anyway, so that is Terranova, T-E-R-R-A-N-O-V-A, trainingcenter.com. You now spell training center. I'm not going there. Anyway, so until next time, I hope you have a good time getting your horses on target. <laughs>